The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Savannah Hugh Moeller, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. It's a moving on Tuesday mm. here inside the SWBC <laughs> podcast studio as it's a beautiful day here at the Star in Frisco and a beautiful day to look ahead to the Los Angeles Chargers next Monday night. Bill Jones, you got all the names right off the top there. Mm-hmm. Everson, I heard you talked about on Sirius NFL Radio on the drive-in. Charlie, what did I do? Charlie Weiss was talking wrong? about What did you? I do wrong? <laughs> you want to bring up Dwight Clark again? Is that what we're talking no, about? No, no. Charlie Weiss was talking about Everson Walls. He was talking about teams picking up veteran defensive backs when guys go down with injuries. Charlie, thank you, Chuck. Uh, he was talking to Bob Papa, his co-host. Whoa. And he said, uh, and I think the, the Bills signed Josh Norris. And uh, veteran cornerback, yeah, and yeah. so uh, oh, Charlie Weiss loved that move because you, he said you can't have enough veteran cornerbacks on your team. And then he said, "I give you Everson Walls. Remember Everson Walls? That was the <laughs> prototype veteran corner joining a championship level team. And how that story turned out." I was nine years in the league at uh-huh. the time. Well, Josh Norman, what is he right now? He's around that. Around that? Probably. He's 30. Oh, see, now you, you're just blowing me off now. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, you don't know. I can look it up. We'll you keep talking. I don't think I think he's a little older than I was when I went to the Giants. But, yeah, that was one of those things. But I still had something left. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the main yeah, thing. You don't, don't want to just it. pick up any. Uh, player. Oh, Josh Norman is older. See Ooh. what I'm saying? Oh, my. Oh, he's 45. No, 35 years old. <laughs> yeah, so I, thought I, was, I think I, I wasn't even 30 yet oh. when I had gone to the Giants. So, yeah, I still had a little something left. It wasn't that. Well, when I went there, I guess they were just looking for a guy to back up. I don't think they realized how good I was going to be in <laughs> no, that no, system. What was funny about it was you're looking for a veteran guy, <laughs> a guy, and the, 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 Mickey, the way he described him, he said he got a veteran guy who comes in. He might be slow, but <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the story of my career. Job. He can that's do the, the job that's for you. Much they reference Everson. Yeah, but, oh. but I, you know, just so, I mean, I wasn't just there. I, I ended up breaking into the starting lineup. Uh-huh. So I wasn't just there, and I knew that what I was there for. And I told Parcells, you let me start. I'm going to help you win the Super Bowl. I swear to God, I told him those words. Because he was just blowing me off like some Jersey guy. Ah, whatever, kid. Yeah, 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 whatever. He didn't believe a word I said. I promised him I would help him win the Super Bowl. The only person that really believed in me was Belichick, and he came in smiling. I hadn't seen him smile since. That's the first time I saw him smiling. The last time I saw him smile. He's been smiling lately. I know that. I had to work. No, no, he he smiled later on that year, though. So no, we had we we knew what we had. We had a, a team that ran the zone, zone defense, which helped a lot. Uh, in regards to myself and and the man-to-man that we had to play. But also, having Lawrence Taylor on the team, Mm -hmm. just got to tell you, not just him, but Pepper and that whole defense, we won the way you're supposed to win, and that's with defense. So I was happy to lead that team in interceptions. So Savannah, Mickey, one of these days, 
30 years from now, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the veteran linebacker that the Cowboys brought in. <laughs> Five or six games into the season <laughs> when their middle linebacker goes down with an injury mm-hmm. and now he led them to the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. Who are we talking about here? Well, we do tell Mickey, right? Oh, yeah. There's hey, he's, he, Mickey is scouring <laughs> said, oh, yeah. rosters. <laughs> like, oh, you guys talking to me? To yes, sir, we're talking to you. <laughs> that was the bad news of yesterday as mm-hmm. Leighton Van Der Esch uh, reportedly four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. We'll so here's the deal on him. I can't help you there. Uh, he suffered, you know, they called it a neck injury, right? He suffered a severe stinger. Uh, but w- when he goes down, knowing that a couple of years ago he had to have uh, disc surgery mm-hmm. uh, for his neck uh, and fuse uh, two of the vertebrae together when they take the disc. You know, everybody calls it spinal surgery. You don't sur- surgically repair your spine. You repair your vertebrae. Uh, and I think that's why you saw all the concern while he was laying there. Sure. Though he had mm-hmm. he had movement. He's, you can see his feet were moving, his hands were moving. Uh, so it's a, it's, it's a stinger. And you tell me, if you had... You know, a case of a, a, a kind of a case of spinal stenosis, and you've already had disc surgery, mm-hmm. and you go down and you feel some tingling. Mm-hmm. What's going through it's, your mind? It's taking you right back there. You're like, right? this is not well, good. Well, that's where it took this me. Not good. Even yeah. as a yeah. fan, even yeah. as a fan, that's where it took me. I was like, uh oh. And think of, neck yeah. especially and, his posture as he is the crown of his helmet hits the side yeah. of Micah, and it's those are what causes the the neck the severe neck injuries when you got your head all right. the way down yeah. and it's just that. So think about away. it. If it went through your mind and your mind, mm-hmm. what was going through his no mind? No doubt. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're going to put him on injured reserve, uh, and I thought. It, you know, it's four weeks, so I'm going, oh, that's good because there's a bye week in there, so mm-hmm. it's really three. Mm-hmm. No, the bye week doesn't count. Four, four games, not four weeks. games, mm-hmm. not four, four weeks. Games. Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm thinking, okay, you're, you, it's good that he'll have five weeks, right? But he can't practice. So to me, you don't just come off the IR. Could be old ramp up. Yeah, so it's probably five. I've <laughs> heard that many times. Right, on this it's show. probably five. Good weeks old ramp up or yeah. five games. Mm-hmm. So four games takes you through the Giants game on November twelfth. Um, so you missed the so first Philadelphia game. Put him on IR this week. It's four games, five weeks. So November nineteenth at Carolina would be his first game eligible. And then it, that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and so you got Washington on Thanksgiving Day on the 23rd. So when's the Philadelphia game, the first one? The first Philadelphia game is November 5th, so, so he, he would miss he that. He would miss that. Yeah, that's, that's just uh, – got Chargers by week. Who stole our media guy? And then the Rams on November 29th and Philadelphia on November 5th. Somebody stole the media guy. So um, you're looking at basically Thanksgiving week. Yeah. And that's a short week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and you got a Thursday game the week after that too against Seattle, right? On November thirtieth. Okay, so you asked, what are they going to do mm-hmm. at linebacker? Well, um, obviously, Damone Clark now is going to play more snaps, mm-hmm. so he'll be the main guy. And that wasn't as big a concern. I mean, Damone Clark can can do the Leighton Vander Esch. It's it's what. 
It's the trickle down from there. It's the trickle down. That's where I was going to go because uh, Clark ended up playing 65% of the snaps. But when we were talking with uh, John Fossil, it it, it becomes a special teams problem because I didn't realize that Clark was playing that many special team snaps. So in the game, he played uh, 19 special team snaps. I think there were 25 in the game. So he plays 70%. Well, if he's got to take up the slack, he's not going to be on special teams. Now you've got to have somebody step up on special teams. Um, you know, and they also... He's, he's a pretty young guy, isn't he? Yeah, oh, no, and he's willing. Yeah. Fossil, was, that was one of the things impressed uh, him about Clark, that he, he wanted to go out there and help. Yeah, we, we already. We, I mean, is this a, a change? Because you know that's what veterans do. Well, that's what second year guy. Well, still, you know, he's yeah. a young kid as yes. well. Uh, at, well, now he's a veteran. He has to play as a yeah, veteran at, now. Right, exactly. Yeah, he has no choice. Yeah, I mean, playing special teams depending on how where they put him. And that and that's the thing. He he's not playing every snap on on defense like Layton was. Yeah. Leighton, Leighton he was a 100% down. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Leighton's a three-down linebacker, and so his special teams, he had six special team snaps in mm-hmm. the last game, in mm-hmm. New England game two. So well, how many? So Clark is going – now, Clark against San Francisco wound up playing 46 snaps. Part of that was Leighton went out late, but also the way San Francisco uses a full – he's going to be on the field more against San Francisco right. than what he was against New England when he was on the field for 25 snaps against New England. To me, I don't know. It's just to me – Special teams shouldn't tax you that much, you know. Really depends you, you, which ones these you're days playing. Where you're, you you're as long as you're not. Through. Thank you, thank you. You're I'm, not I, the gunner, right? Right, right now, that's serious. Yeah, but now I, I, especially a young man like that, I don't see that being a big deal. And you can put him out there on kickoff coverage because you never have a kickoff to cover. And you know, you only have so many guys making plays on special teams anyway. So here's Let's just be real. Here's the downside. In that game, he led the team with ten tackles. Mm. So I'm assuming Layton he's did. leading. Layton did. Layton yeah. did. I'm assuming he's the team leader in tackles. Now you got to be able to replace that. Now Clark, Clark had Clark eight. Had eight yeah, right. That's what I saw. Uh, so again, now in some of the change-up things, if it's Clark, you you know can use Marquise Bell. To me, and I <clears> think <throat> I said it yesterday, Parsons is a linebacker. And Parsons and Clark are my starting linebackers. I, I don't think there's any other way around it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's got to be. And I think he'll be even more effective at linebacker because they can't double-team a linebacker as easily as a defensive They'll still end. probably put him on the line on, on third downs Maybe, and passing And that's downs. fine. Yes, that's yes, fine. Yeah, so he still has but the But first to do and that. ten against two tight ends or a tight end and a fullback? He's got to be my linebacker. So it's basically in situations where previously you had Leighton and Damone Clark on the field at the same time. Right. You've got Parsons and Damone Clark. Right. It's when Damone would have come off the field in a nickel situation. That's when Damone is in Leighton's spot and Micah is back doing what he was doing. Right. Exactly. What and, about Marquise and you, Bell? And, Ma- and Marquise, Marquise Bell, Bell is, is, helps out right. yeah. in those nickel situations. Now, Marquise Bell is a safety who converted to linebacker five weeks ago. And you, you need another 
so you traditional need, linebacker. You need a couple, actually. And you and, need you need someone uh, with yeah. some experience. I, I, I talked about That's this right. yesterday, and and you were you were right in saying that. Well, these guys are veterans. They, I don't think they're veterans in this defense, Spags. Right. They're not veterans in this defense. So when I talked about the inexperience yesterday, I meant they don't know how in this defense to attack three tight end offense. Well, two tight ends with the with the big big fullback. They don't know what that's all about. They don't know where to feel. They they create the uh, the uh, mismatches, especially especially as far as numbers are concerned, by going back weak side every time. And now you're stuck with either Bland or Marquise Bell trying to fill that hole and turn it inside. That's where they're not catching the experience. Then they, they go play action on that, and now they're totally lost because it's not a run, it's a pass. They have no idea what the matchup is. That's how we end up getting burned. They knew that uh, the linebacker would not, or the safety, I can't remember, would not be able to catch that tight uh, slot man coming all the way across. Or Kittle. Kittle. Well, tight slot. Because Bell watched him go right, right by. Well, he, that's because he's thinking. First of all, he's thinking run. Right. Second of all, based on that play action and the formation, he had no idea he would have to cover that time. And then nobody, nobody, rerouted Kittle when he came off the line. He ran. No one reroutes anymore. They don't reroute anymore. Why so, not? I don't know. I hate it. <laughs> when you're in the slot, that's what we did in New York. You're going to reroute that man. Belichick's whole thing was, you better put a shoulder, a hip, or something on that slot man to divert him to the safety. We No one does that anymore, Spags. They really don't unless they're playing man-to-man, period. They always let the slot man go. That's why you got so much pressure on your safeties in the back. Because the, the one route that Kittle... Came, came across and Bell didn't pick him up. Mm-hmm. Vander Esch just took a step over there at Kittle, but he never touched him. Yeah. And I don't know what his responsibility was, but I was thinking, well, if you reroute him there, you know, get in his That's way. why the Giants defense was so good with Belichick. We always reroute. No one has a free release in the slot position. Maybe on the outside, yes. But the slot position, you can't have it. That's a foregone conclusion now in the NFL. I don't hardly see anyone in zone position, in zone defense, rerouting slot men. Including the 49ers on Turpin. Because he ran right by the guy. Which, by the way, I'm understanding he's probably more day-to-day. Uh, than anything else, Turpin. That's good. With the ankle injury, he suffered with that BS tackle on the Mm sideline that the guy should have been called for a horse collar or the tackle where you pull from behind and then land on the back of his legs. And he was out of bounds. Mm -hmm. But no flag. Mm -hmm. But, boy, they sure got Donovan Wilson. (laughs) Are we ranting? (laughs) I'm still stuck on that one, too. I I can continue. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, I think, they saw, from what I'm told on tape, of punches being thrown that were just ignored. Yeah, there was a San lot of Francisco. stuff. We could see it in the game. So a lot somebody, of stuff was ignored. Somebody said, like, you know what? If we have to play him again, it's going to be a it's going to no, be, be a dog fight. fight. It's going to be a fight. Yeah, yeah, street fight. Ain't going to put up mm-hmm. with it. They only got called for one punch. And we saw several yeah. things, but. At the same and time, no this is one, and I hate, I hate talking about that because we put ourselves in a position to where, well, would that make a difference? Right. And I in know. some ways, it would have if it changed based on that time, that particular time and moment, as you always do it, Bill. Well, if this would have happened, then blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. That's very true. But 42 points or 40 plus points, right. it's hard to 
explain that away. The grapes are sour. Then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're just getting started. Wait, and that's going to be the header for this. <laughs> sour <laughs> grapes. <laughs> you can work it into the grapes of wrath. Going uh, to California. Wait, what was last week's? What was last week's? Harken. Uh, Harken. Yeah. I used it too. Harken <laughs> away. Harkening back. Harkening uh-huh. back. No, I think you said it earlier. What I'm going to mm. use. Uh, oh, I forgot. I should have wrote it down. Hey, you just said to be something. sure. And you I'm said surprised. it was something Tuesday. Uh, moving on. Oh, moving a, on. Moving, moving on. on. Well, before Tuesday. we move on, I'm surprised Bill hadn't brought it up as far as blowouts were concerned during the year and how teams ended up. 1985. Mm-hmm. We got blown out. Bears, 44 nothing one week. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, 52-plus. I don't remember what that score was. I don't, and then we ended up coming well, back. Well, if we and had our media giant. guide, we could have looked it up. <laughs> no, well, I, I can say this much. We went on the next week uh, to, well, the Giants came in town the next week, and we won the NFC East. So we've come back. That was two consecutive blowouts we came back from to come back and win the NFC East against a really good Giants team that year. Uh, Cincinnati. Um, Kinnebrew ran all over. Larry Kinnebrew is fifty to twenty-four was the final score, <laughs> December eighth, nineteen eighty-five. We got twenty-four because I blocked a punt. My only blocked punt. <laughs> oh, my only blocked punt in my entire career. Okay, I just to review, it. since you brought it up, the Chicago game was on November seventeenth, forty-four to nothing. Came back, rebounded from that, beat Philadelphia 34 to 17, beat the then St. Louis Cardinals 35 17, then went to Cincinnati, laid that egg, and Ooh. came back and beat the Giants 28 21 to get to 10 and 5 on the season. But what wow. was the first Cardinals score? First Cardinals score was 21 to 10 loss at St. Louis on November 4th. Now, just so, as, just so you know, I mean, we, we pulled it together for that, that Giants game, but yeah. the next week. Then the playoffs. <laughs> well, then the last game of the regular season was at San Francisco, 31-16 loss. And then it was the game at the Rams. Yeah, Eric Dickerson, of course, went off on us. Yeah. I, think, I don't think we scored that game. Nope, I, I almost, not. 20 I almost nothing or something. I, I almost got run over in that San Francisco I game. I did get run over in that uh, Rams game. Because you had to, where the press box was to where the locker room was. You had I to, was there. I felt that. Yeah. You had to cross yeah. the field, and they let people on the field afterward, and these people were running like a bunch of, a bunch of maniacs. What happened to you? I, I almost got run over by a fan. Did you? Did you? <laughs> no, you, I, I. Oh was, no, you weren't. No, you did. Did you have some footwork, Spags? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I had to fake them <laughs> did out. Did you see Spags? <laughs> <laughs> that candlestick part. It was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where All right. I, where I've ruined many a shoes there in that mm. goofy field. All right, we will continue going down memory lane with Everson <laughs> and Mickey when Mick Shots <laughs> continues in a moment. We'll harken back. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. 
That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi, and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back, back to mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing, the official roofer of the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. We have a text. All right. The text machine is working. It is working today. Steve in New York would like to know, after five games, what concerns us more, the QB or offensive scheme under Schottenheimer? Well, interesting. Schottenheimer. Schottenheimer, huh? It's now Schottenheimer's offense. I need to run <laughs> over there and tell him, hey, it's your offense. Uh-huh. Shape up, uh-huh. buddy. Head, co- head coach likes that. It's it, This week it's Schottenheimer's <laughs> offense. Yes. Well, we'll take that. Mike McCarthy's off the hook. Uh-huh. That's right. All right. What was his name? Steve? Steve in New York. So, Steve, it's Mike McCarthy's offense. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, just because... Brian Schottenheimer has the title of offensive coordinator. He's the offensive coordinating helper. Uh, they are running Mike McCarthy's offense. Uh, and I'm not worried about Dak. I think one of the things to fix Dak is to just get him to slow down, settle down, quit thinking, I got to get the ball out of my hands. I got to get the ball out of my hands. And by doing that, I think he hasn't gone through his progression of reads the way he needs to. Now, he got speeded up in that game because Mm -hmm. the protection Mm -hmm. basically sucked. I mean, he got hit nine times uh, and sacked three times. I think that should tell you something. And Uh, let's just be real. Uh, They weren't exactly wide open down the field. Right. You had some very tight coverage uh, from the from the jam position, press position at the line of scrimmage from the cornerbacks. So they're making it hard for the timing to be there between the quarterback and the wide receiver. Especially if you're in a hurry to get the ball out you're of your hands. You're in a hurry to get it out, and they're man to man, and you, so you can't be predictable with your routes. 
There has to be some type of adjustment made. He has to be able to make an audible on certain defenses because you can't run that short, quick slant and intermediate routes against a man-to-man when they're pressing so hard on our wide receivers. They have to work harder on getting open, or he has to make sure he has some different checkdowns. And the other thing, and I don't know why Cowboy quarterbacks have problems with this, but it kind of reminded me of that Buffalo game when Tony Romo threw four interceptions in the first, first half. half. Yeah. Warner, their middle linebacker, is running down the field in the middle. And you now, if you're going to hit that guy on a crossing route, you got to throw over the linebacker, but before the safety gets there. Mm-hmm. And that's how he broke up, I believe, that one pass. Yeah. And, and it's difficult. And that's what Romo was doing. Uh, I forgot the Buffalo linebacker didn't intercepted him, uh, but he he kept saying, "Oh, I can do this, I can do this," and he couldn't. Right. And then the second half, he adjusted. So why was San Francisco able to do that in this game, but Dallas wasn't able to? Well, it had to be something on how they schemed the defense, or it could be that um, the Cowboys, with the concern of Christian McCaffrey in the backfield, right and the linebackers aren't dropping as much mm-hmm. because they have to support the run. Which they And, and which, San Francisco did a great job stopping the run mm-hmm. early in the game, and so the linebackers could drop. Right. They didn't need the linebackers mm-hmm. to stop the run. Mm-hmm. That's what we saw. Yeah. So, so it's a more I saw, wide I open. I saw defensive linemen, defensive ends blowing up everything when we tried to go wide, and that's part of this Texas Coast offense is we're going to attack the edges. And we couldn't get outside. They 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 supported those edges uh, from the defensive end standpoint, so we couldn't run the ball at all. They didn't even need their linebackers. Nineteen mm-hmm. carries for fifty-seven yards. And it was the it was the tackles for loss that that were huge, and they killed some of our drives, especially the decision-making process that we had. How many tackles? Like we were trying for- to go for. We had third down, and we were going to go two-down territory. Yeah. Right? How many tackles and for loss? You think they had? I saw at least four. The Niners. Tackles for losses. Not including the sacks, of course, right? Yeah. Nine. Ooh. Nine? No, that was quarterback hits. Mm-hmm. Six tackles for losses, four sacks. So they weren't clearing the line of scrimmage. And I, no. This is what I well, – there's certain things that – we talked about making adjustments. You know, I believe you said last week, Bill, if you make the adjustments at halftime, it's too late. Well, we never made the adjustment on stopping the run, first of all, that same running play that kept uh, Parsons from penetrating from the outside. But what you also had was they're running the same freaking zone routes. So I think we should have just played, which is tough when you, when you can't stop the run, play more man-to-man. And you know, I mean, Purdy's a, a good quarterback, but you allow him to be a good quarterback. If you cover those deep end cuts with man-to-man position, to me – I don't like our technique of, of uh, funneling our, the wide receivers inside because they don't just go to the safety. They go all the way across the field. So you're always in a trail position. So you have Gilmore, who's a damn good cornerback, but he's caught in a trail position at all times, and that's what they do. 
they, like you said, bring the linebackers up because McCaffrey's running the ball or whoever, the other running back that they had as well. So, you're, of course, they're going to go with deep end cuts behind where the linebacker's supposed to be. Vander Esch still almost there, but almost didn't get it done when you got the, the defensive back trailing the wide receiver. And they ran that route at least four or five times that game with success. It worked, yeah. It worked and for it, them. with success. It was repetitive and it worked. So, if you had listened to Jerry today, okay, without saying it, he basically said he cleared the quarterback. By the way, Steve in New York, right? We can win with Dak Prescott. Uh, uh, you want the exact quote? Go ahead, Jerry, on the fan this morning. I compl- I completely believe we have the quarterback that can take us where we want to go. Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl, and that's the way that's going to be. But the majority of the questions to him had to do with scheme. And Jerry basically said, I'm, I'm not worried about the personnel. If we have to play this game again, uh, we can adjust our approach that we used. And he was talking offensively and defensively. Now, the words never came out of his mouth, but he basically said we have the coaching staff and the personnel sure to do. make the adjustments. So basically what he was saying is he thought their approach both ways did not match what San Francisco was trying to do. Now, he didn't say, well, we got out coached, but to I me— I was just going to say, that means we got out coached. Th- but to me, that's what it meant, yeah. right? Yeah. Or that's what he was somewhat suggesting, that we can make changes, alterations into what we were doing. I mean, you could say you got out coached, but we always know— the game is won in the on trenches. On the trenches, and, right. And we, well, maybe what you we, were asking guys to do didn't fit into what San Francisco was doing. I always go back to Tom Landry, uh, uh, going back to uh, we used to run 31 safety zone. When, they, when they're running the ball and they're going with flow strong, we immediately go to inside coverage. Screw the out routes. Screw the curl routes. We go to inside coverage because that's what can beat you. Getting beat deep and getting beat deep inside. And that's what happened to us all game long. That's why we never really cared about an out route. An out route is not going to make you lose a game. It's those deep end cuts. That's the ones that get you. And, of course, the deep routes. That's the ones that help you, that that allow you to lose a game. Billy Waddy style uh, against the Los Angeles Rams, I believe, 1980. And if you think about it, and just off the top of my head, I don't remember them catching a bunch of out routes. Everything I was saw one. One, because everything seemed to funnel up the middle, including the running plays. Of course. Right? Everything was Especially inside. Especially the running plays. They rarely, they rarely attacked the edges. Yeah. It was up the middle. Number 15, I forget his name, but he caught one. Uh, one Jennings. Yeah, he caught the one out route over there. You know, he got, what, 12 yards? And I, I tell, when I do my little coaching, I tell them all the time, a 10-yard route is not going to beat you. Yeah, the, what beats you is the 25-yard or 20-yard end cut and the deep pass. That's what beats you. Otherwise, you can strap it up and play the next down. Jennings had one catch, 19 yards. So that was a 19-yard comeback that he had. And if you think about the passes that IU caught, they were over the middle, all as I mm-hmm. remember, all right? All of them. And then the next leading catch was four from Jusick. 
Juicek. I get it. Juice check. Juice check. Juice check. Juice check. No J in there. No, get the J. It's okay. Juice check. Like a Y-O-U. Juice check. Why don't they have an easy name to pronounce like Spagnola, right? Kittle. Well, he's a Harvard guy. Kittle has three catches, the tight end. Right? Samuel, three catches. McCaffrey, two and then, yeah, it, it was every, everything kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Mason, Bell had none. Mason had none. And then McLeod uh, had one. So, but they were completing the passes, right? For touchdowns to Kittle, three mm-hmm. of them. There's only three catches. <laughs> he had 26 targets, and he completed 16 of them. 16 for 26, only 161 yards, mm-hmm. but they were damaging yes, they 161 were. They yards, the right? They, they changed the field position. Oh, wait, that, not, that wasn't him. Sorry. That was <laughs> Whoops. That. 18 for 25. Sorry. I was going to say, that's, that's 253, it like and, it was it was, and it was damaging, by yeah. the way. 253? Extremely damaging. 253. Could yeah. you live with 253? I. I, I you, I can't remember if I said this yesterday. I added up first down, okay? Mm-hmm. First down, mm-hmm. the 49ers had 253 yards on 33 first down plays, 7.7 yards of play. The Cowboys on first down had 39 yards on 20 first down plays, mm-hmm. 1.9 yards of Trying play. to establish the run. Mm-hmm. So they're getting in a lot of third and, and so, shorts. Right. Everyone talks about uh, how well you do on third down. Well, in this particular game, how well you did on first down, Matt? Exactly. When you play against a great like defense, yeah. first down is extremely important. And, you know, four possessions. And a lot, they never got to third down. They only had 11 third down plays mm-hmm. out of 67. Sam so, Fran? yeah. Hmm. So a lot of it was. They'd already scored. They already scored, <laughs> or they'd already picked up the first down because they had 25 first downs. The one that really hurt the most, and it was just <laughs> so glaring, when we finally got a break, I think it was a personal foul or something, and he still comes back and hits the same route over the middle again. Uh, oh, that after was after, the, my, after, the after my play. Yeah. Yeah. My play. And it, it just, you know, uh, that to me just let, it, let me know we weren't calling the right plays because now you still have your cornerbacks sitting outside, and Ayuka, whoever, still running that deep end cut for 20, 20 plus yards. And we, they still got a first down. So here's what happened after the, the penalty on, on Devon, uh, Donovan, Donovan Wilson. Mm-hmm. They get McCaffrey for minus two, second and 12, short pass to McCaffrey, 19 yards, right? And then. Um, Mason up the middle, eight yards. So now you're second and two, mm-hmm. right? Well, okay, what happens? Well, they get a four-yard carry by Mason, and then Purdy to Samuel, nine yards, and then the McCaffrey touchdown. I think, I think we had them on a holding call or something before the play I'm talking about. It was a holding call after they had made a big play, brought them back, and then they came back and made another big play, same way. That's what Dan Quinn was talking about, like on the McCaffrey. Yeah, it's statistically, it looks like you held him in check, 19 carries for 51 yards. But for him, it, it down in distance is so important on as you're defending an offense because and for an offense to be able to either throw it or run it, and the defense doesn't know which way they're going to go. And that opens up passing lanes because you think they might run it. And it was so when McCaffrey turns a – 
two-yard gain into a four-yard gain on first down through his ability. Yeah, he only got four yards, but now you're second and six rather than third and uh, second and eight. Mm -hmm. And it makes a big difference how you call it. And he was able to somehow split. Mm -hmm. There were times when he came up against more than one defender and still able to make one miss and make the most out of that that play instead of like getting a three yard all of a sudden he's got six yards that's right yeah. all right we continue with more mix shots more moving on. on more moving, moving on. on the medal of honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat more than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the civil war fewer than 4,000 have received the medal of honor the national medal of honor museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire america it's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Cowboys football and Miller Lite. What a pairing. Can cracks a kickoff. Tailgates going way past postgame. Sunday night overtimes followed by Monday morning swagger. Brisket in the smoker. Miller Lite in the cooler. America's team playing America's greatest sport. Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys football tastes like Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2023 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. And they snap it to Prescott, who looks right. It's not there. He escapes left. He'll run for a first down. Just like football, when it comes to crypto, it's important to have a team you can trust. With blockchain.com, I know I'm in good hands. Since 2011, they've been trusted by millions around the world to buy, sell, and trade cryptocurrency. Prescott's going to run this himself. Run it up the middle, and he scores. Whether you're new to crypto or an active trader, they've got you covered. What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip. With its perfect cheese-to-sour-cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans, it's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. (sighs) Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back back to mixed shots. Dallas Cowboys game time powered by Lenovo, the official gaming platform and community of the Dallas Cowboys. Sign up now to compete in Madden 24 for a chance to win two tickets and a VIP experience to a 2023 Dallas Cowboys home game. Qualifiers begin on October 6th and run through the 13th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboysGameTime.com. You know, tomorrow I could be coming in here smelling a little bit like champagne. Hmm. You, you know, going to the game going? tonight? Are you going? <laughs> I'm going to the game tonight. And if so the Rangers, exciting. If the Rangers beat the Orioles tonight, it'll be a 
clubhouse celebration, champagne being sprayed all over the place, including on us reporters in the in the clubhouse. And so you bring in a raincoat. Yes, I've got. In fact, he's bringing a cup. A poncho. I still, you have a poncho. He's bringing a cup. You know what? Catch, catch <laughs> this shows you how long I've had my truck. And how long it's been since I've cleaned out my truck. <laughs> I have in one of the little back pockets in the back on the door in the back seat of the truck, I've got a poncho that's that I bought when the Rangers were playing in the playoffs in 2016. Go figure. <laughs> and I just kept it back there. I said, okay. During that playoff series, it, it, okay, if they win, I may have to go in the clubhouse or whatever. So I bought like three ponchos, and, I, and so one of them, I, at least one, I've got back there. And it's still been there for seven years. So I may, I'll be, I'll be taking it that's in with You have to tonight. wear it that's, then. You have to wear it. No, no, oh, that's not very professional. You know, you, you shouldn't – you wear the poncho and you're going to be interviewing. Come on, No, man. I didn't. You know what? you got to have a suit. You need the first time, you do it off camera. Well, how about this? The first time the Rangers ever won a division championship was – 1996, and I was the around the ballpark reporter on the Rangers television network, and so it was my assignment. And, and back then, it was a huge deal because the Rangers had never won anything, and, and they'd gone. It was their 25th season here, and they, so they finally win. And the game didn't get over till like midnight, and I so I did on the Rangers network. I did all the interviews, and I got. I, mean, I was wearing a suit. And with no protection, no nothing, whatever. And um, so I was just drenched in champagne and driving home at 2 o'clock in the morning. But you still look good. You still look good. <laughs> if, I got, if, I had got, if I had yeah, gotten got pulled stopped. over on the way home, <laughs> there's no way I'm talking about myself. Hey, buddy, what have you been doing? <laughs> I promise, Ossifer. <laughs> so Without drinking a drop, I was, I was going straight to the pokey. <laughs> do, I, do I need to get go home and get you my ski goggles? I, now, that's what he would need. Yeah, you need to get That's that what stinks. you need. That's more than anything. Because yeah. Yeah. they all wear goggles. Yes. I, I I've got, got the some, I've got the little swim goggles. That's okay. Cool. That That'll work. That's yeah. all you need. As long as it doesn't get in your eyes. Very funny though. <laughs> I, I started. I look forward to watching later. No, yes. I, I started swimming this summer and and uh, for the hip. Well, I just just it's a really good exercise. Yeah, of course it is. Yes. And I was noticing my eyes were because you know, of chlorine or whatever, and so I went and bought some goggles. And my wife was getting on me like, "Why do you have goggles? You're not a swimmer." <laughs> Well, now you are. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. right. So now those goggles are going to come in handy. I'm going to protect So I was me. curious about buying a single ticket for the game tonight. Mm -hmm. There's very few. Some of them are obstructed views. There was one down the line, maybe in the outfield, it was $150. Would you do it? Yeah. Yes. I'm going to look. Got Evaldi on the mound tonight? Yeah. You're going for the kill tonight. And and the other thing that's great about that ballpark is just as long as you get in, there's a plenty of areas well, there. It's good standing it's room. A there's beautiful, good standing yeah, room. Yeah. It's a beautiful place to watch yeah. a game. And it's, I love it. Yeah, and you yeah. got – so you can just stand there. Well, oh, I could stand there and see over people, but <laughs> – <laughs> Just slip that one through. <laughs> you know what? They, 
So you're right. so you're saying eighty two. We're gonna bring it back to the Cowboys. So you're saying that uh, if I don't have a press pass, oh, I shouldn't buy one of those tickets at, in, in the end zone for the Cowboys to stand up. No, and watch. no, don't do that. Unless you're gonna, you have to, you I'll, have I'll to beat them. When they too open old those doors, section. I'll beat them. Yeah, that's too old. You're I'll too old. You've seen the early mad, entrance. Early entrance. That's You've right. seen the mad rush. Hey, I got connections. Right? Yeah. Exactly. You've seen the mad rush when they yes. open the doors. Okay. Well, well, you you saw him in San Francisco. He was dodging it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he's, that's he's right. I'd have beat those people. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the other thing I can do is get up to the second level and get in the front. There you go. Because I can get up them steps. There now. you go. I got to say, though, um, I'm still a Dak man. You know, I have been following the X, uh, formerly known as Twitter. And there are players, former players out there, that really hate Dak Prescott. And they don't even know Dak. And they have roles on network <laughs> yeah. TV. Well, they've got another guy, Deontay or whatever his name was. Deontay Whitner. Yeah, he was, what, yeah, what's going on with him? I mean, he's he says Dak is trash or something. Like, wow, things get so personal these days mm-hmm. when it comes to Dak Prescott. I just don't understand why he is. there's such a cynical outlook when it comes to not just the way he plays, but just him as a person. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something personal about what they feel about him that I don't understand. And so he when plays you, for the Cowboys, number one. I get that, America's but man, team. yeah, and he's I understand the, that. And he's but, the quarterback. Jeez, I mean, how, why would you hate a man like that who's done so much for society and and you know had the kind of career that he's had? Very unusual uh, situation here. I mean, I get some people are making money off of it. Uh, uh, you got Smith and, and Shannon and those guys, but jealousy, man, jealousy. But, but man, they're making enough money off of it. They're yeah. making a whole lot of money off of it. But I see Dak as uh, being able to come back and do well. Uh, I still they have just gotta much get confidence him to play in him. Football. I, and and we talked about it. Well, they talked about it uh, when it came to his first couple of games. The timing has to be there for that offense. Period. Not just for Dak, but the entire offense, the offensive line has to protect better so that his timing can be there, so that he can go through his progressions even when he's under some, somewhat a, lot of, a, a bit of pressure. Those are the kind of things that every quarterback needs. You've got to have your offense or your offensive line. They have to be there so that he can go through his pro- progressions with comfort as opposed to being under such stress. And Jerry even said it today, as you mentioned, Bill, but he also said, Make no mistake about it. We have the quarterback that can get us there. So if Jerry thinks, everyone else here thinks, I, I think, I, I think I everyone needs to put a little bit more faith into what we have going right. into Monday night, for sure. And, for and, and they, need to, they need to understand that there are certain changes they have to make every game. You know, you can't just go, what, this is what we do. Well, yeah, you, this is what we do, but there are certain adjustments that are going to have to be made against certain teams, such as the 49ers. You can't just go into that game status quo. It's just not the way you do it against a team like that. You may be able to do that against an NFC East team or maybe even the Los Angeles Chargers, but there are certain teams you can't do that against, and you will get exposed, and that's and, what happened to and us. And know this, because I didn't realize that Somebody said, did the Chargers win this weekend? I said, I don't remember. They had a buy. They were on a buy. Mm-hmm. So now they got a lot of rest. They got a lot, a lot of time of rest. to analyze what they want to do. Yes. An extra day. No doubt. So 
And Kellen Moore. And Kellen Moore mm-hmm. has his whole thing going. Ooh. You know, which, which, by the way, I think in the new stats that just came out, if I can do this real quick and find them before we got to go. Oh, we already got to go. We already got to go. <laughs> Their offense <laughs> is ranked number five. Their defense is ranked 31st. And they are 32nd mm. against the pass. Mm. So, good to know. Go. There you go. And they're two and two on the season. And they're two and two. Mm-hmm. Still two and two. Mm. All right. That does it for a moving on Tuesday edition of Mix Shots. <laughs> we are definitely moving on tomorrow as we celebrate a division series win and a team headed to the American League Championship Series. And Bill's going to have his hair messed up when right. he's got to go on the air. <laughs> go Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?